you showed up uh, in Sacramento one time and, and said, guess what, sir, you're breaking a bat. And I went, uh, yes, sir. And secretly, I always wanted to do it, but I never told anybody because I was too scared to do it. Are you a martial arts business owner struggling to grow your school? Look no further than Kovar Systems. Our complete solution program offers comprehensive coaching and training for all aspects of your business, from student acquisition to staff development. Our one-on-one -on -one coaching provides guidance from a dedicated success coach, while our extensive library provides tools and strategies to help streamline your school's operations and drive sustainable growth. If you're ready to transform your school into a thriving, profitable business, schedule a complimentary 60-minute call with us today. With Kovar Systems, you'll experience work-life balance, significant revenue growth, and more time to do the things that you love. Take your business to the next level by visiting kovarsystems.com slash podcast and schedule your free coaching call today. Again, that's kovarsystems.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Satori Lifestyle Satori Masters Podcast, the ultimate resource for ambitious, hardworking school owners that want to get their business and their life to the next level. My name is Dave Kovar. I'm a lifetime martial artist, business owner, speaker, and author. My goal is to empower listeners with the knowledge and the tools they need to break through barriers and really get their business and their life to the next level. Thanks for watching and enjoy. All right, I'm super excited about today's uh, podcast. And of course, I'm going to interview my good friend, Master Chip Townsend. So a little quick background on Chip Townsend. By the way, all you have to do is go to YouTube and 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 plug in his name and you'll see some amazing, you know, athletic feats of, of strength and skill. Uh, Master Chip Townsend is a 14-time uh, ISKA world breaking champion. He's also a world record holder in breaking. And he's probably the most... Uh, no, no, not even probably. There's hands down the most prolific, the most skilled uh, breaker, as in board breaking, brick breaking, etc. That's ever walked the face of the earth. I can say that uh, without really. There's really no one else that would even come in the conversation. I believe. But you know, to me, and he's also a high level martial artist. Uh, and, and but more than that, he is a world champion person, and he's one of my favorite people on the planet. I've known him for 20 years, and and he's somebody that. That what the more you get to know them, sometimes you look up to somewhere, you have a friend you see from a distance that's running this looks on the uh, on the first glance, like they really got it together, and you get a little closer and you're kind of like a little disappointed. Well, the more, more you know about Chip Townsend, the more impressed you are with the kind of person he is, the kind of organization he runs, and just really the example he sets. And so, hey man, thanks for being on the show today. I'm super excited to talk to you. Hanchi, I am beyond excited. As a matter of fact, right now, I'm going to wipe that tear out of my eye. You just set me up so big. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, and I was commenting before the show. He's, he's all clean cut. You look about 18, man. Goodness gracious. Oh, baby. Good. Going backwards. I'm going backwards. Yeah, so there's so many things that we could talk about. And I, I really want to focus in on kind of team because both of you guys are, you know, both of you, yourself and myself, we really pride ourselves and work really hard to develop really world-class teams. And, and but I think just from a martial arts standpoint, one of the other things that I, I love about you is, uh, is your, 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 your faithfulness to the arts. In other words, this is still something that, that, that you do and it's a priority and, and, and hey, man, everybody has their own experiences. Who am I to pass judgment on what else is somebody else doing? But I know I kind of look like, you mean you don't train anymore? When I hear about these guys that were once good that are just kind of not doing it anymore, right? And that's never, of course, the case with you. And, and uh, there's very few people. Uh, I, I'm not a world champion at anything except loving martial arts. I'm a world champion at loving martial arts. And there's very few people that love it as much as I do. And I think you're right there. So that's uh, <laughs> that's something that yes, sir. I, 
I, I really appreciate. So let's just dive into it. So first off, give us a little history. Uh, you know, how long you've been in business? Uh, first off, let's back up a little bit. You had a little accident happen to you when you were a kid. Kind of take it from there. Kind of take right. it on your journey a little bit. Okay, Anshi. So whenever I was three years old, I lost an eye. So long story short, driving down the road, caught a welding rod in the eye. It's a real strange, exceptionally freak story. Uh, and then moving out from there, I was told, you know, my parents were told kind of bubble wrap him, stick him in a desk in the corner and let him do uh, desk work. And he's never going to catch a ball, throw a ball because of depth perception. So there were a, a lot of issues around that. My my early dream was to maybe serve in the military. Uh, I wanted to be like a Marine Recon, Navy SEAL, something along those lines, something on the high end, kind of a driven kid, even though I wasn't uh, supposed to be, I guess. And so uh, that I, I, I'm a firm believer. I believe in God. And I think that he just kind of opened and closed some doors in my life and made connections that allowed me to get to where I am today. So that that lo losing of the eye. And then at nine years old, I ran a drill through my hand and lost some muscle between my fingers and some other kind of crazy free things that, again, I think just opened and closed doors and kind of put me on the path to where I am today. Yeah. And so you you started competing at a, at a, at a young age, right? And, you know, when did you yes, tell me just about kind of uh, like if people know you casually, that's what you, they know you for. You're so much more than that. But, but when did you start doing all your, you know, when, when did you break your first bat? Uh, when did I break my first bat? I did it, uh, uh, in the back room at my gym here in Abilene, Texas. So my very first competitions were whenever I was, uh, I think 13 years old is like an orange belt, uh, or I'm sorry, as a white belt. I, I went to a tournament and an orange belt just gave me a hammering in sparring and so that was my first competition in martial arts, my first experience with that. My first baseball bat would have been somewhere around, uh, let's see, 2000 or 2001. I think it was 2001 was the year that I broke my first bat. And I was seeing other guys do it, you know, like a leg kick. And I'm looking at it thinking there's got to be a better way to do it. So I kind of innovated some different ways to do that to, to make it stand out in a competitive uh, environment whenever you're when you're putting on a show for the judges. So for those of you guys that are listening that's never seen a back break, that's basically where you you say so have someone hold a bat and you kick it with your shin at the skinny part of the bat. And it's really intense and freaky. As a matter of fact, one time it's probably been five or six years ago, you showed up uh in Sacramento one time and, and said, Guess what, sir? You're breaking a bat. And I went, uh, yes, sir. And secretly <laughs> I always wanted to do it, but I never told anybody because I was too scared to do it. And and you kind of like called me on it. It was like, okay, it was a great experience. I don't know. You know, I've done it. So I'm okay if I don't do it again. But uh, I got to say, you've done it like hundreds of times, but you still have to get yourself ready for it, right? I mean, it's not it's well, easy. Yeah, I, th I think you said it best one time. I actually heard you say this. You were talking about board breaking and you held a board up and you said, this board does not know that I've broken hundreds like it just before. Yep. And so I have to hit this board with precision, with power, with, with everything I've got right now to break it. It's not going to just break for me. And and that's the thing, you know, breaking. Uh, I, I've been a, a kind of mind blown at how many martial artists, especially, kind of have this bucket list thing of I want to break a baseball bat with my shin someday. And so it's been really kind of fun to meet a lot of people through that avenue and uh, to get them to help them to have or get to help them to have that first experience with breaking a bat. And uh, it's just fun. There's just something, gosh, I, I, you almost want to say a little spiritual about it because overcoming the mental, you know, I tell people, imagine walking through your living room in the dark and clanking your shin on your coffee table. And you want to, I've done it, want to lay down and cry. I'm like, oh my gosh, now imagine cracking a baseball bat with your shin. You know what I mean? So there's, there's a, it's so mental, so mental. So in breaking in general, uh, so why, you know, someone that's listening that, that maybe doesn't, has never done that before, they're thinking, what are you talking about? So, so give someone an explanation why, uh, you know, what, what's, what's the lesson that's learned when you do breaking? 
Oh my gosh, Hans, he is so huge. So uh, <clears throat> anytime you take a, a something hard and put it in front of somebody and say, you're going to break this and you don't give them a hammer, <laughs> you're going to break this with your body. Immediately they, they kind of go, Oh gosh, not me. Can I, and, and, and the doubt sets in. And so whenever we train martial arts, obviously, you know, we're, we're teaching people how to punch and how to kick and which parts of the body to strike, but there's so many little bits and pieces, how to hit the sweet spot, which is to hit right on the target, which transfers right to, if I'm in a fight, I want to hit them right on the nose or right in the solar plexus. There are a lot of parallels to, to in a way to fighting. And, and obviously it's not a fight. I get that, but the parallels are, are great. But more than anything, in a in a situation where you have a kid that's maybe testing for a belt and they're doing a break that's a little bit of a challenge, they've never done this one before, and they get up there and the whole room's kind of watching them and eyes on them, uh, and they know they have to dig deep, they have to overcome the fear, they have to have technique, they have to have speed, precision, all the tools to make that work. And then whenever you hear the room just kind of erupt, and just go, yeah, because what's happening is those parents, if it's a kid sitting at the side are going, oh my gosh, I could never do that. Right. Uh, so the, just the, the, the experience in breaking is huge. And just the last thing I'll, I'll kind of say right there is just recently I did a keynote in uh, Iowa, Des Moines, Iowa for, for a common friend, Mr. Farrell, you know, Mr. Farrell. And uh, I was up there, did a keynote for that, uh, for his organization. And one of the things I had, uh, his, uh, franchise, uh, franchise owners do is all come up and break a board. And after, you know, of course, everyone broke their board and did great, but it was such an exciting, like it was so hyped. It was electric in the room and we get done. And I couldn't believe how many these big fit guys come up to me and said, Chip, I was scared out of my pants. I didn't think I could do that. So anyway, that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. You know, I, I go crazy when I see those boards don't hit back things. It's like, you just, that's because you're so immature in your training and your life. You don't get it, man. Yeah. And my, my experience is most real martial arts, they all appreciate it. You know, those people that say that are, you know, uh, I, I just a couple <laughs> weeks ago, I'm doing these, uh, uh, these, uh, CEO groups, mentoring CE groups. I call this stage and it's three hours with a bunch of, uh, you know, it, it, with a workshop and I usually talk about my mastery mindsets, but one of them is I don't have everybody break a board. I break a board and I call someone prearranged out of the audience. And I had a similar, just two weeks ago, I had this gentleman that, that played semi-broke baseball. He's 6'1", 220. I mean, you and I know he's going to have no problem right. through this board, right? And he was like, you know, he's getting them all sucked and he did it. And he was like, you know, like he just, you know, won the lottery and you all, you and I know that that's, that feeling and, and it's really powerful. And I think for me, it's uh, so many lessons there, you know, the board represents, first off, it's got to be a realistic goal. If it was a piece of plywood, it's not going to break. Right. And, and right. it's got to be realistic, you know, uh, but aggressive for it to be challenged. You know, otherwise, if it's too easy, there's no point in it. And then it's about, you know, can you get yourself to do something? It's, you know, who's the boss of you? When you, we hear a little kid say, you're not the boss of me. Well, who's the boss of you? And if you give into your whims, like, oh, it looks too hard. I'm not going to do it. Then you're really not the boss of you, you know? So your ability to go, all right, man, you know, uh, this is a little, little fearful. I mean, I'm a little afraid of this, but, you know, it's true courage and fearlessness is overcoming fear. And board breaking is a great way to kind of practice that. It is, it is such a tangible, tangible way to overcome that fear. And, uh, you, you know, you hit it on the head and it's, it, whenever you said it's gotta be something that's a little challenging, a little hard, but yet overcomable and uh, board breaking is just a great measure of that. But just, it's been amazing to me how many big, strong guys come up and just after the fact, they're just beaming from ear to ear, huge smile. And they're like, Oh my God, didn't think I could do that. And you're just like, dude, you're a tank. You could go through three boards easy. Right. So yeah, absolutely. anyway, it's a fun experience to have.
Yeah, well, good. Well, I got a little sidetracked here. I just wanted to talk about that, and it wasn't really that. That's okay. So I wanted to talk <laughs> yes, to you today about uh, you know the concept of team. Okay, and of course the acronym is everyone achieves more, which is certainly true. But it's such uh, you know it it takes uh, you know it, it, it we forget how much we rely upon others, and we make a conscious effort of building our team. You know how everybody benefits. So first and foremost, uh, I, I just want to kind of you've got this amazing team. And uh, within both within your 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 specific main school and also within your organization. So tell me some of the uh, you know some of the things that you think about and, you know, uh, to develop your team, and then what have you been able to do to maintain this amazing longevity and, and loyalty and enthusiasm that your that your team has? Okay, Hanshi, man, that was that was a huge question. Yes. So I'm going to start with a few things. The first thing that pops in my head as you're talking about team is uh, when when things are going well. As, as kind of the leader, for lack of better words, I own it. Uh, or I'm sorry, whenever things are going well, I, I, I allow the team to own it. I said that backwards. And when things are going bad, I try to own it. And uh, in other words, you know, uh, maybe we're not getting to the goals. And what I begin to do is sit down and look at how am I missing serving my team to give them the tools that they need to do what they need, to, to do what they need to do. And so one of the things, and, and a lot of this, Hanchi, I have to be very transparent with you. I mean, I've learned a ton from you. And I, man, I so appreciate that. But you know, I really try hard every day to talk to my team in ways like, what can I do for you today? How can I serve you today? Uh, what what do you need to make your job easier today? So constantly looking for ways. And then when we hit those goals again, it's about the team. You guys did that. I, I was just in the background getting to enjoy it along with you. So, so I, those are, I, yes, I, sir. I got to share, you know, the, the what two, I have two thoughts. Number one, what can I do for you today? You know, of course, you know, Mr. Chamberlain, you know, CEO of our company, mm -hmm. my business partner, he is so good at that and he means it. Yes, sir. How can I help is what he's always asking and he means it and he'll follow up really well with something. But when well, you're talking about you know, the, the team atmosphere, one time I was at, uh, I was at a, a lunch with a gentleman who had four locations and I was with at, that he actually, uh, and he had one of the head instructors at one of the locations with him at lunch and we were talking and I was asking the guy that's the head instructor, uh, you know, about the, you know, you know, how he's doing the school and by the way, it's the best, it was the most profitable, successful of the four locations. And, uh, and he goes, well, in my school, I'm doing this and this. And then the owner stops and goes time out you don't own this school i own this school you work for Ooh. and it was like oh man you could see oh. just wayne by the way the guy's no longer there the guy's back down to one location right but i remember yes. it was like like I, I looked at that and i thought that there there's an exact moment of what not to do to some, kill someone's enthusiasm you know with it man so hanshi there, there's there's an old study where they they had some sort of ergometer graph and they took children and if, if they said something negative to a child, you could literally watch their physical energy leave. They said something positive. But my point with that is, I'm sorry, I mean to cut in on you, is we're giant kids, man. Yeah. You know, whenever we're, we're around each other in the background, we're kind of joking, playing. We love to have fun and love what we do. And one of the things that we try really hard to do is make the, uh, I guess you would say the staff, the team culture at our business, very positive and make it fun as much as we can. So sorry about that. That oh, was you just something that stuck out. Wow, you didn't. It was it was perfect. And so you know, so we got. Uh, so give me some examples of, of how we, what what kind of things might you do to create this team environment. So what some specific things? Yeah, I mean the loyalty factor in the team chip organization is off the hook. And I I, uh, I, I can from my perspective, I, I know part of it is because. You go to battle for your team. You're there for them. You give lots of value. But is there something that's specific? If, like if I'm a, a, you know, I'm just starting a business. 
I'm just starting a school and I, I really want to develop my team. You know, you can't get any good help anymore these days. Right. You'll hear that. That's right. what you'll hear, right? Uh, so, <laughs> right. Not so, yeah, I get someone really good and then they go, they go leave to do something else, right? Well, so give me some ideas as to I want to develop a team. I've had some, I haven't had a lot of luck. Well, point me in the right direction. I think first and foremost, so I'm going to go back to my beginnings of a martial arts school owner. Whenever I took over the school, believe it or not, I'm 6'3". I weighed like 170 pounds. So I was pretty thin, super self-conscious, had a pigeon chest. I wore double XL shirts because I wanted a tent to hide my chest because people would literally walk up and go, what's wrong with your chest, right? And so whenever we got the amazing blessing and opportunity to buy our business and take that school over, one of the things I began to look at personally is I started looking inside. And I don't remember why, Hans. Yeah, I don't know if I read something that said you need to you need to own it first. But that's what I began to do. And I began to go to the gym down the street with weights five days a week. I got on the mat and I was just banging, banging, and training and training. So uh, I think that the, the the point of that is is uh, to develop loyalty. I feel like you and you don't have to be the best, but you need to be able to get in front of your people and inspire them. And if I was to stand in front of them with uh, you know, all out of shape and, Hey, used to has been, I did that years ago. And I do, I find myself at 51 years old now, sometimes going, okay, guys, my knee is, is hurting today. I'm going to be a little slow on that thing and take care of it. But, but that's uh, acceptable. Uh, I that's think understandable that the, and acceptable. You don't ever beat yourself right. over that. That's, that's just the circle of I, life. And you got to be smart about that. Absolutely. But back to the idea of creating loyalty, you get in front of them and show them something that they can aspire to be physically, mentally, spiritually in every way. Does that make sense? And I was a failure at that for years and struggled developing a team. Uh, but I think that's the beginnings of creating that loyalty. I'm not just standing in front of you telling you what I want you to do. I'm actually willing to jump in front and do it with you. I'm willing to get beside you and get in the trench and get dirty digging that ditch with you. Not just tell you how to use the shovel, but hey, watch, let's use the shovel together. And I think that was a big start to our business. And I, I don't know if it was kind of my parents or just inherent or again, I read something that got me into that mindset, uh, but it was super important to me. And I, I remember standing in front of my kids' classes. And I think this is important to this topic uh, because people ask me sometimes, they're like, hey, how did you build your physical skills? And one of my biggest answers always has been, I stood in front of a room full of kids and didn't want to look like a liar. And so I would get in front of the kids and say, I want you to kick this eye and I would show them. I want you to move this fast and I would show them. And then a lot of times I would train with them. And I tell you what, I had some kids that were super fast and super flexible and they pushed me like crazy because in my head, I thought I have to stay a step ahead of them. Yeah. And so I think earning their respect through kind of delivering and showing what you want from them is monstrously important. You know, it's interesting in our, those of you guys that are professional martial artists, it's like there's, there's two ways to look at that. Number one is that I know that that uh, it, for, for whatever level of skill I have, a big chunk of it. Of course, I, I've always been a guy, as you know, you and I have worked out together hundreds of times, right? That enjoys the workout and looks forward to it. But I also looked at my instructor when I was teaching as a as a way to to uh, to demonstrate as perfectly as possible. Now, I think that the, the slippery slope is if you work out with every class because you want to work out and you do what the class what you want to work on. We know that's not good, but right, but. Right. If, if I'm going to demonstrate something, I want it to look good. And so what happens if you're teaching every day and you're demonstrating every class, there's a lot of really high quality reps that happen, you, you know, during that time, right. you know, in the, in the, in the end, uh, you know, benefit dramatically. Another thing about, I want to switch gears a little bit. And you think about like, you know, leaders uh, throughout history and, you know, and, and uh, if, if I was to name some, if you were to name some people in the next, that lived in the next three or 400 years that were maybe a leader that you look up to, give me a name of somebody. 
Are you a martial arts business owner or instructor looking to take your skills and business to the next level? Look no further than our 2023 Promec International Conference here in Sacramento, California. From May 18th through the 20th, join martial artists, business owners, and instructors for some hands-on business and martial arts training. Experience unmatched growth and development with on the mat and business training, networking, and learning from such prominent speakers as Harinder Singh, John Whitman, Paul McCarthy, Bill Superfoot Wallace, and Mike Swain. Don't miss out on this premier conference. Go to promacconference.com, click buy tickets, and enter code PROMAC23. Again, that's promacconference.com, click buy tickets, code PROMAC23, P-R-O-M-A-C 23. Tickets are going fast, and I look forward to seeing you there. George Washington. George Washington, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, another name might be uh, Abe Lincoln or uh, you know, right. Winston Churchill. The list goes on and right. on. And, uh, and so what? one of the things that I think is really interesting is that leaders, if you look throughout history, leaders are remembered for what they gave, not for what they took. You know, yes. you don't really look and go, wow, that Hitler, he was amazing. He took everything from everyone. You know, that's not, that doesn't kind of make the list. And I think it, it's just really an important distinction because it's a reminder about, all right, man, I, I you know, that, that what can I do? Like the first thing you said, what can I do for my team? How can I help? And then to be able to back it up. Absolutely. 100%. I couldn't agree more. And another thing too is, uh, you know, from a competitive perspective, whenever I was going out and competing on the stage, I had to have a team to help me set up, to help hold things for me in, in the breaking uh, competitions. And it was tough. And so, one of the things I learned very quickly whenever I was spending, you know, three, six, seven and eight hours plus on Saturdays after the weekend to train myself to get prepared for these competitions, my team, they were donating their bodies and their time to me so that we could do this. And, uh, man, I, I vividly remember one ESPN interview where they asked me something and I just I looked at the camera and just said, I'm nothing without my team. I if they weren't there taking one for the team, getting a kick on the fingers every now and then you know, willing to make that sacrifice, I would absolutely be nothing. I, one of my favorite quotes is uh, John Maxwell that says, you know, the self-made man that says I've done it all alone is really just out on a walk by himself. There's just no truth to that. We can't accomplish anything without a team. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many different levels. Like someone says, I don't need anybody else. Well, uh, if you're eating with a fork, someone made that fork, you know, if you had your food in the refrigerator, I mean, we're all in you know, your team, but, but the, so the key thing is once we, uh, you know, it's such a simple, but not easy formula is that, you know, do the best you can. Of course, I, I can do better uh, as probably we all can is what can I do for the people around me? You know, how can I help? And then, and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the line is, uh, is a mature mind gives without remembering and receives without forgetting. And I think that's yes, an important way of looking at things. How can I help? And then, but not, you're not doing it so you're building up your bank account so you can withdraw. You're doing it because it's the right thing to do. But the reality is that's, you know, people will go to battle for you when they know you're there for them. Man, it's it's so hard to understand sometimes, you know, to, to receive, we got to give. That's, you know, I explain to my students all the time. We we use yes, sir. And yes, ma'am. We use those things a lot. And we, you know, we shake hands. We introduce ourselves. People's like, if you want respect, just walk up and give it, man. Just walk up and give it. So we have to give to receive. It's just such a monster part of what we do, I think. And uh, whenever, you know, sometimes we feel like uh, maybe we don't have enough time to pour into our team. You have to make that time because when you pour in, you said it so well, they'll go to battle for you. 
when you're pouring into their business life and helping them to grow and, and putting them through clinics and different things to make them better in every way, uh, they, 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 that loyalty just grows and they want to come back and, and give back to you because you gave to them first. And so our, our motto is, you know, creating world-class martial artists with a, a beginner's mind and a servant's heart. I think that's huge that we serve at all times at all levels. Love it. World-class martial artist with a beginner's mind and a servant's heart. That's a, that's a great yes, combination. So what I want to do is I want to take, and you've been through this a bunch of times, we've talked about this before, but I, I want to go through the six human needs and how they apply to leadership. So I'm going to give you a need and you tell me, and if I, if I go through these six needs, if, if I can look at my team and if somebody that, that like is no longer with us that I wish was with us, that maybe moved on, chances are really good. There's one of those areas that I failed that I didn't do as good a job as possible with. Okay. Yes, sir. So, uh, six human need is the need to fit in. How does that tie into team one? The need to fit in. Uh, if I feel like I'm an outsider, obviously I'm not going to come and give my best. I need to feel welcome so that I can so that I can plug into the team. And one of the ways we do that is by getting on the mat, all putting on our uniforms. We're all alike. We all train side by side, and uh, it's there's something to kind of uniformity inside of the school. And so it's super super important that we feel that we fit in in order to want to contribute back to that team. Uh, I, I just, I don't really know how else to put that into words. Oh, it's but, perfect. It's perfect. Uh, so, you know, you, you got a team member, first off, make them part of the team and, you know, some basic things that of course would be, let's say if someone new comes into your or my school and they're going to come to workforce, it's like, uh, first thing we want to do is make sure we introduce them to the people around, right? Another people about fit. Absolutely. Team, you know, their name is on their uniform or they got a desk to put their stuff there. They're on the team, so to speak. So that's number one. Okay. And I remember when I first got my first little league Jersey, I remember, Hey man, I'm, I'm on the twins, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you know, that was it. It was like I was so proud of that. I, I wore my uniform everywhere, right? It was like because I was, yes, sir. And I remember taking the team shot with all my other 15 kids that were on the team and how proud I was that we all matched. And you know, it, it was like, oh man, well, we do that with our guys, okay? So that's one. Number two is standouts, okay? The second human need. So I gotta, you know, what are you gonna do with it? You know, how can you make your team members stand out for the right reasons? Whenever they do a good job, celebrate them right there in that moment. Don't wait. Do it in the moment. You know, uh, in staff meetings every week, we go through wins. And as the team goes through wins, a lot of times I try to tie back. You are a part of that win because of what you contributed to help them to feel good about their contribution to those wins. And so uh, standing out anytime someone does something good. You know, we spend our life hearing no, 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 no as children, but not a whole lot of yeses, right? We need to focus on the yeses. It's like the kid that brings a report card. They have all A's and one C and we focus on the C. We need to focus on the A's. And so instead of beating them down over mistakes all the time, we work really hard at spotting the right. What's the thing that they're doing well that we can edify to get them to focus on that positive thing to continue to do more of it. And so uh, and then doing that publicly, you know, I, I, keep, I keep thinking of your words privately uh, reprimand and publicly praise every chance we get we publicly praise them yeah so so important and like I, i've been guilty and have plenty of times in my career where i maybe in front of a group of people maybe you know uh maybe uh, made an adjustment that could have been done privately better right so the bottom line is someone on your team does something well shout out for times. if it's not as good try to take it offline i was at an event this weekend and and uh, the, 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 uh, running a, for an organization and the, and the gentleman that runs the organization was very confident, very good. 
And he has a little different relationship with his team, but there was a gentleman who wasn't doing something quite right. And he called it out in front of everyone. And it was, it was so uncomfortable for me to be there, you know? Uh, and now, by the right. way, there's, because they have great rapport with each other, sometimes you can get away with that. You get you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, like, like, uh, uh, but, but it's just kind of generally speaking, you know, stand out for the right reasons. All right. So next right. we had fit in, stand out. Okay. The next one, uh, new, like I said, how, how we would apply this with someone that works with right. you and the concept of certainty. How, what does that mean to you? Certainty on it with your team. By the way, he had uh, these questions were coming. I'm I'm throwing these at him. So, yeah. you know. so I, I feel like I'm back in high school doing a pop quiz, man. <laughs> it's all good though. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my best. So uh, certainty, they need to feel that there's a sense of security. I think in their job, for okay. one, they they've got to know that they have a place to come to. Uh, just today, I had a conversation. Uh, I did a one-on-one check-in with one of my guys and. He's a he's a kid that's uh, he's he's thirty and he's been with me since he was seven. Do you realize and, you uh, when we call a thirty year old a kid? Yes. What are you talking about here? <laughs> <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, you know, I'm 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 talking to him and a good part of our conversation today because I hadn't done this in a while and I just felt it was the right time. I said, look, uh, you can talk to me about anything even if it's personal, you know, if you're having any struggles or you're feeling off beat somewhere, or something's out of place or another team member has made you uncomfortable. I'm always the guy to come to. You can talk to me anytime. Uh, and so I think it's important that our team knows. And one of the things I've told my team for years, and I think this is huge. If you're on the mat and you make a mistake short of it being a major moral issue or, you know, something horrendous, I'll always have your back. Even if I think you're wrong, when that client leaves, you and I may have a different conversation about what happened, but we're going to sit down and kind of talk through that. But you don't have to fear me walking up in front of people saying, you're fired, you're out of here. I'm going to say that kind of like we said a while ago and probably we'll discuss that. But just it's so important that they have certainty and that they have a job to come to, that you're stable. And this is another reason we share goals and numbers with our team. We're pretty open with like, hey, here's where our revenues at, here's where our expenses are, here's, here's our wage line, here are all these things. So they know, okay, this business is in a good place even from that business perspective, but I work really hard. We work really hard to, for our team to know that we have their back. Uh, sure. You're in a, I guess for lack of better words, kind of a safe place. Even if you mess up, we're, we're, we're here for you. I, I love it. And another thing that I would look at when I think of certainty is that making, at the end of the day, someone needs to know how they won. In other words, certainty as far as what their job description is, you know, what you expect out of them and, and uh, so that they can, they know where they're at. How many times have I been mad at somebody because they couldn't read their, read my mind about what I wanted them to do. They're like, don't they know? Well, no, I've never shared that with them. You know, so is being as clear as what the job description is. And and not just that, but that that, that there's a whole training component there as well. You know, you're hiring yes, sir. answer the phone. Okay, your job, that's my job, but how do I do it? You know, the certainty of this is how right. I do it. This is what we follow. All right, next one. So we went through fit in, uh, stand out, certainty. The next one is variety. What does that mean to you when it comes to you know your team? How can you give them variety? What would that, what, what what jumps out at you? That's a well, the first thing first thing that first thing that jumps out to me uh, to me is uh, variety uh, in inside of the school. So some days you're pouring out by serving and, and teaching. Some days you're on the mat getting poured into by leadership. So variety there, but also sometimes moving them around inside the organization. For instance, uh, uh, on Monday this week. Uh, we sent two of our instructors from one location to jump to another location and brought back one from that location to here to do what we call an instructor swap to give them a little different environment. Now, 
you know, if you don't have multiple locations, I know it's difficult to do. And our guys being here in Texas traversed 85 miles to make that happen. But uh, we we did that to give them variety, that exact thing. So you can shake the box, give them something different, a, a different outlook for the day. Uh, and the students at each location kind of got a special treat by having a different instructor come in and work with them that day. So giving them variety inside the school. Another thing we do sometimes is take our young instructors and plug them in for a couple hours in the program directing position and go, hey, we've got some students that haven't been here for a week. Can you make those phone calls? And it gives them a different perspective. It's a little exciting, like, oh, gosh, they're going to trust me on the phone with people. And it, it makes them feel good. So that's the first things that pop into my head around the ride. So oh, I love it. I love it. So the whole idea is that, you know, every now and then you got to shake it up a little bit, right? Like instructors are sure. a great example, get them to know a different job description, job position. Uh, and of course, uh, when you do this, it, it's kind of like the combination. And, it, and of course, you know, as an instructor for students, certainty and variety is important that they know the routine in class, but also every now and then you yeah, we, of course, it's the disguised repetition part. Well, the same thing works for our team as well. All right, we got a couple more. Yes, sir. Next human need is the need to experience growth. So yes, what does that mean? How does that happen with your team? How can you help them experience growth? Very good. So uh, we do, we have our team read books. Uh, we do book discussions. Uh, I, at every opportunity, I try to bring them to a ProMac event, to a, a, a Cobar Systems event to get them out. And you know, it's, it's kind of like that, uh, uh, that time you were a kid and your mom and dad kept telling you the same thing over and over. And then you went to like your favorite coach and he said it and you went, Oh, I think I'll do that now. Right. So, so taking them out to get some growth in a different environment, even though they may be hearing the same things, it's just hearing it from a different perspective from someone else that they have some trust and respect for in the industry. But uh, one of the things I, I do is I actually kind of ask my direct reports and our top level team here now, each year, I say, what is one thing this year that maybe I could contribute to you? In other words, is there a weekend training you would like to go to that maybe we could support in some way, give you the time off or even pay for that if it's something that's reasonable for you to go and grow, even if it's financial, if it's business, if it's a martial arts training of some sort. So constantly looking for ways. But I think the key to this, Hanshi, in a way, is making sure that they know I want you to grow and I want to pour into your life and, and help you to be the best you can be. I love it. I love it. And so, you know, when we're talking about growth, I, I kind of look at it. There's two primary ways they might feel it. Number one is extrinsic. And that's where, uh, you know, they get a new belt or they get a new patch because they're an instructor now or something, uh, or, or maybe because we noticed a, a, a job well done and we comment on it. Wow, you're getting really better. It's kind of like, you know, how many times have we seen a niece or a nephew that we haven't seen for years and they've grown a ton? The parents aren't aware of it. They're not aware of it, but they're, you know, but but we're so us noticing growth with our team. OK. Uh, and then, of course, facilitating an environment where we're encouraging, like what you were talking about. And then the other right. one is intrinsic. When all of a sudden I'm better, like in martial arts training, oh, all of a sudden I'm I wasn't able to I was getting tapped out every three minutes with that guy. And now I'm holding my own. I must be getting better. Right. Or, oh, wow. Uh, you know, I, I, I that you know, whatever it is felt good. Like, uh, you know, what it feels good is like. Being good feels is fun. That's, you know, so when I can do something well, whether it be answering the phone, talking to a potential student, uh, you know, or whatever it might be, my ability to be confident in myself, uh, you know, that's yes, obviously a very valuable. Last one, contribution. You know, people, my experience is people want to help out. So this seems obvious, but give me some ideas. So with your team members, how can you make sure that they, they know they're contributing? So uh, we... We regularly, in our staff meetings, I, I alluded to this earlier, but we, we share wins. 
And a lot of times the wins that like Glennon, our uh, chief instructors and program directors share will be feedback that they received from like a parent. Uh, and so we share nuggets around the wins in our meetings uh, and, and then tie that back to what the, the, the instructors, you know, hey guys, if it wasn't for you, as a matter of fact, it might've been, you know, Johnny, it might've been you that was with that kid that day in class when they had this epiphany moment or this life-changing pivot for them and their parents got to see it. So uh, we constantly talk to our team about, you know, this place couldn't exist without you. And when we get those really positive nuggets back, we try to be vigilant in sharing those back to the team and saying, hey guys, this was you, this was your heart, what you're pouring out out there on the mat. And this was your contribution back to what we're doing. And in the big picture, it's all more, it's about way more than money. It's about improving it to the best of our ability, pouring into people's lives to make their lives the best we can make them and to help them to make their own lives. And so uh, when I think contribution, that's the things I think about. And anytime that we have a team member come in and say, hey, I want to volunteer for this organization. Uh, I went through a period and I haven't done it in a couple of years, but it was pretty successful where I required all of my instructors that were 18 and above to, to volunteer for a certain organization and get some work in with those guys. And that was hugely beneficial as well. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. So here's what, so the, those guys that are running a business or a school, the six human needs, I want to take you through them again. It's fit in, stand out, certainty, variety, growth, and contribution. And if you, if you can really address those six human needs with your team, then chances are, you know, there's going to be some people, no matter how good you treat them, they're going to move on. It's not going to be a fit and that's fine. There's going to be some people that, you know, are going to stick you with you regardless of what happens. But the majority of the people, if you don't give them a reason to leave and you treat them well and you really address these human, these six human needs, they're going to be with you for an extended period of time. But hey, I, I have three questions to ask before we wrap this up. OK, and uh, question number one is, is um, what advice would you give a new business owner or school or someone just getting started? You know, what, what would you tell them? I would tell them to find a mentor and surround themselves well, get the right mindset around them. I would caution them from uh, hanging around with average mindsets. That would be one of the, the first biggest things that I would encourage them to do is uh, find someone to mentor you, to guide you, someone who's been there and can kind of, you can kind of lean on for advice as, as I have done with you for years, you know, hey, Anshu, what do I do with this? So that'd probably be one of the first things that I would tell them, you know, believe in yourself, know you can and, and get some good people around you. You know, I think uh, I tied in with that. It was so important is that, uh, you know, you've got to really follow your own north, uh, uh, follow your own compass, so to speak. And, and you got to right. having good mentors. I've had a bunch of them in my life. You had a bunch in your life. Also, you know, that that still small voice that says you can do this. You, you got to be willing to right. listen to it because uh, I'm sure I don't I don't I can't remember if your parents encourage you to open up a school or you're thinking, what the heck are you doing? Right. But I know for me, right. Every my world says, what the heck are you doing? And it's just it's not what I wanted to do. And fortunately, I did it anyway. Right. And, uh, right. and so uh, uh, it, uh, to me, like like uh, and then the other thing is when it comes to this, I think, is the ability to when you first get a business started, there's going to be failure. It's not going to be easy. You just got to be, be willing to like roll your sleeves up and get up every day, you know, and and, uh, and because eventually uh, uh, good things will happen. They don't always happen on your time. But, you know, if you work hard, you hustle hard, you do all the right things. Eventually, your customers, your students are going to come in. They, they just don't always do it on, on, on your timeline. Oh, so the next question is uh, what tool or tactic 
would be most important to implement. And this doesn't necessarily have to be in the martial arts industry. It can just be in general. Like, uh, I, I guess uh, it's kind of a broad question, so I don't want to give you what I think might be the answer. So what what tactic or technique would you would be, would be you feel is most important to implement if you have a new business? Let's see. Tactic or to implement owning a new business. Uh, I, you know, honestly, you, 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 I think you hit on it whenever you were talking a while ago about just being able, willing to pull the bootstraps up and get to work and work your way through failure. Uh, it's it's going to happen over and over and you're going to have to know what's going to happen. The other thing is, is I know this is a little bit kind of maybe a little, uh, 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 I don't know how to say the right word here, but uh, understand your value, you know, and, and believe in the fact that what I bring brings value. If I, if I can't believe in my own value and the value of what I bring, I can never succeed to begin with, but I think those are huge things. It's hard to be convincing if you're not convinced is what you're saying. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's the human mind is easily influenced by anything spoken with conviction. When you believe in what you're doing, it's such an important point. Uh, you know, it's not what you think of normally as a, a tool or tactic for business, but what can be more important than waking up every morning, you know, with with a, you know, that you're on a mission. You're not just, you know, you're you're like, you're on a quest, you know what I'm saying? And right. that would really, right. okay, one more. Uh, there's probably more than one. I know I've got a bunch of these, but what was your biggest failure in business and what did you learn from it? I've had a bazillion of them, Hanshi, over and over and over. I've had businesses that have failed and everything else. But the one that kind of popped into my head whenever you said that is keeping keeping staff members on sometimes too long because you don't want to cut them loose because they're not a fit. Or maybe they've kind of, for lack of better words, kind of Peter principle, kind of petered out and they've hit their... Uh, their peak and, and the ability to, to produce and do what they need to do. But keeping uh, keeping negative employees and or people that just can't move to the next level can be very, very painful in a big picture long run. Uh, we've done that. And I would say probably one of the biggest mistakes we made was my, uh, I had an employee that was, I loved to death, student for years, all of those things. And, but just kind of petered out in ability. And for a few years I was getting, Coached, hey, you might want to move that person to a different position or move them out. I was feeling the same thing. And uh, Glenn Ann, my beautiful business partner, was kind of sometimes going, no, 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 we're, it's okay. We're going to hang in there. But just hanging on too long. That would be the same. Once we cut that, made the adjustment, it just like a whole new, you know, sun, the sun rays came in. Yeah, I, and I remember that particular situation, right? You know, and, and but what yes, it's hard because... You know, part of the whole thing is when you, you're developing a team, you love your teammates. You, you want to, you know, yes. you, want to, you don't want to give up on them. And so I get it. It's And, and it's not like the first time someone screws up, you go, get the heck out of here. You know, but in your, in your moment, better moments when, when, uh, yeah, how many times have I talked with someone they're telling me about a teammate they have and they're not doing this. And I mentioned that and he tried that and, and, uh, you know, and, and I go, well, I, maybe it's time. So the kind of thing we look at is retrain, relocate, replace, right? Maybe it's time to replace them. Either, but but I love this person. It's my or but it's my brother-in-law. Or but I don't have anyone else to replace them, right? So those are the the, the responses you have. But such an important lesson, with, without a doubt. And, and so uh, that's I think running a business is more art than science. You know, you have to have, sir. You know, you you have to you know take in so much consideration. I, I think for me, just to kind of to, to kind of follow up on your statement, it would be when you do make those hard decisions, do it. When your your mind is clear, and and not when you're angry or upset, because that's when you're gonna you know wait until you you know when, in your better moments when your what your gut tells you to do when you're at your best is usually the right thing. Can I say something to that real quick, Hanshi? Uh, 
So that fear, that trepidation, that fear of letting that person go, they're not going to love me anymore. They're, you know, we're going to lose our relationship. Oh my gosh, who am I going to plug into that position to fill that hole? I have yet to lose someone in all the years we've done business that we didn't have. I tell, I tell people sometimes it's like you have someone kind of under the tree in the, in the sh- sh- uh, shade, it's not getting any sunshine. You let that person go and all of a sudden someone else blossoms into that position and it'll, it'll kind of blow your mind. So have the confidence if you need to let someone go to let them go. Cause I guarantee if you're running your business, right, working hard and hustling, you're doing all the things we've talked about. There'll be someone there ready to blossom into that place. You know, we had one of my mentors years ago uh, told me I was talking about a situation very similar. And I said, well, I've got a guy, but, you know, he but he's I don't know if he's ready. And he goes, is he half ready? And I go, yeah. And he goes, then he's ready. He's ready. In other words, we're all half <laughs> right. at one point. got to get in there. Well, <laughs> hey, man, I, I so appreciate your time. And, and uh, I know we'll be together in just a few days. I'm going out to Texas here. Uh, to do a seminar in, in a few days, hang out with your team. And uh, yes, sir. that's going to be great fun. But I appreciate uh, you taking the time today to, 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 to speak with us and my the audience we have here. And always a pleasure, always enjoyable. I always get so pumped when I talk to you. And uh, any closing words for uh, for our audience? Just keep your head up and, and keep working hard. Don't let the environment shape who you are. You shape who you are and continue to work hard and shape the environment around you. Uh, that would be the biggest thing. Uh, don't let the headlines guide you. You know what I mean? Love Keep it. your head out of the headlines, stay focused, stay in growth and continue to work hard. I think that one thing I tell people all the time, if you learn anything from me, learn to never be outworked. And I know it's cliche, but man, there's a lot to be said for putting your head down and buckling down and pulling up those bootstraps and just going and not letting the environment scare you out of your ability to work. Well, when they when you hear something that's cliche, it's usually cliche for a reason. You know what I mean? That's why it's cliche. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, yeah, sir. Good. All right, man. Much respect. I appreciate your time. And, and Likewise. And have a great week. Yes, sir. Thank you, Hanshi. It's such an honor to be with you and appreciate you more than you know. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Take care. Yes. Thank you for tuning in today to our podcast. I hope you found it valuable and inspirational. To stay connected, please subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you go for your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a five-star review. And we really sincerely would appreciate some feedback. Your feedback helps us to create high-quality content that will help others in the future. If you'd like to follow me, you can go to Dave Kovar on Facebook or Hanchi Dave Kovar on Instagram. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you on next episode.